PM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to the most special EM board bombs we have ever done. We are emboardbombs.com. You can find us on Twitter at emboardbombs. You can check out all our study guides and everything else. We've been getting tons of traffic and love from everyone on Twitter and our website, so we appreciate that. Man, it's really hard to believe how far we've come, Blake. Can't believe this is our 100th episode. Yeah, I mean, for those of you out there that couldn't believe we made it this far, we're more surprised than you are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually really are. <laughs> I mean, there are people who've come up to me like, oh, yeah, I figured you guys would keep doing this. And uh, my response is, uh, should have asked me, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> the best was, I remember, we released episode 10 way back in 2018 and the charge nurse at the time of where i was training said no one's gonna listen to your stupid podcast and then two years later she sends me a text saying yes i still have your board bomb sticker on my yeti mug and yes i still listen to it oh that's very sweet it's very sweet sweet you know i constantly think about that how far we've come this is the most exciting board bombs because we have something that we're going to announce that we have never done before and it's revolutionary. Oh, were you were you thinking about our airway module, which has attracted thousands of visitors? No, no uh, n- not the airway module that's been completed by potentially more than ten thousand people at this point. But no, I was referring. Wait, wait, wait. What about the, what about the handouts? Greater than seventy handouts now. Oh yeah, the ones that have been on viewed tens of thousands of times. No, no. Yes, yes. In multiple, in multiple countries. countries. Yes. Uh, no, I, I was not going to refer to that. It's our hundredth episode. We got to do something special then. We do. We do. It's almost like we should introduce a new product. Yes, I think we should. Can give you, the people what they want. You, we give the people what they want. They wanted it. They asked for it. They DM'd us. We got we it. We have some special theme music here. I cued the band ready for it. You ready? Oh, yeah. Rapid fire. This is going to be revolutionary. The first ever rapid high-yield podcast question bank created for all of mankind we heard your request we read your tweets we read your dms your feedback and of course thoughts and prayers you liked our board bombs but those were too big you wanted something rapid fire you wanted something quick you wanted to be able to get through them like 10 questions or so while simultaneously making a trip to costco you wanted to be able to get through multiple questions while on your way to work While you love our banter, there are times you don't want to hear our lush, soothing voices and laughter. You wanted to be able to put our podcast at two times speed, cruise control, and keep repeating questions until they're seared into your memory like that first uncomfortable H&P you did as a medical student. Well, we heard you. We give the people what they want. And here it is. The first ever rapid-fire question bank in podcasting history EM rapid fire. And guess what? We're going to tell you what you need to know. Nothing more, nothing less. And on this episode, episode number hundo, we're going to treat you to a taste of what that's going to be like. Let's do it. Let's go. A five-year-old female presents to your ER with the chief complaint of abdominal pain. Parents state that she has had a rash on her lower legs and buttocks area for the last few days. 
They'd started using a new detergent recently. She's also been complaining of joint pains. You get a urinalysis and it shows hematuria. This patient is at higher risk for which of the following? Is it A, anaphylaxis reactions? B, appendicitis? C, chronic urinary tract infections? Or D, intussusception? correct answer here is D, intussusception. So the correct answer here is intussusception because in about 5% of the cases associated with HSP, also known as Hinochshoin purpura, something that I have a very difficult time pronouncing, <laughs> so I will refer to it as HSP, you have associated intussusception as a cause. Again, 5% of the cases associated with HSP, you have associated intussusception as a cause. This is not insignificant. So you got to know this for the boards. So a quick chat about HSP. Remember the following. It's the most common vasculitis in childhood. You might get tested on that. Most cases have a URI preceding them. They can progress to renal injury up to 15% of the time. So for the boards, you got to remember the following. Young child, rash on lower extremities, abdominal pain, joint pains, and plus or minus renal involvement. In this case, alluded to because of the UA. That's where the UA, we explained in the question, had hematuria. Automatically think HSP. Young child, rational lower extremities, abdominal pain, joint pains, plus or minus renal involvement. Got to get that repetition in. If there's renal injury, think glomerular nephritis, then can consider steroids or IVIG or inpatient management. Otherwise, management is mainly supportive and outpatient. Now, let's talk about why the other answer choices were wrong. A, anaphylaxis is wrong because this is a type 1 hypersensitivity reaction. It's immediate. HSP is a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. It's IgA and C3 mediated. You might get tested on that too. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Choice B, appendicitis, is wrong because while it should be differential in the child with abdominal pain, there were enough clues that we left that it should be HSP. CT abdomen pelvis is not something that they're going to ask you on if they give you enough of a hint that it's HSP. Let me repeat that. For the boards, if you're able to clinically make the diagnosis, you can attribute the abdominal pain to this, as long as there are no other mitigating factors. Choice C, chronic UTI is wrong because the UA will show you two main things in HSP. That is hematuria and proteinuria. They might actually ask you on the boards what the UA will show in a patient like this. So let's talk about some coaching tips. Coaching tips are something that we're going to be doing here with these rapid fire bombs. You need to know HSP like the back of your hand for the boards. You're going to be asked this question in three to four different ways. And it's an easy question to ask. Another way they could ask you this question is to ask what the first best diagnostic step would have been in this case. And that would have been a UA, not labs. Again, the first best diagnostic step would have been to get a UA to see if there was any renal involvement. Another way that they could ask you would be what the lab abnormalities would have been. 
And here, renal dysfunction would have been one of those. Done. Next question, Blake. All right, so you have a 37-year-old male with known untreated HIV arriving to the ED with several days of dry cough and worsening dyspnea. His vital signs are heart rate 121, blood pressure 132 over 56, and oxygen saturation 85% on room air. His temperature is 100.2, and his x-ray shows perihilar infiltrates. There's crackles on exam when you auscultate as well. So which of the following is the correct treatment regimen for this patient? Choice A, Bactrim plus steroids. Choice B, Bactrim. Choice C, Piperacillin tazobactam plus vancomycin. And choice D, Ceftriaxone plus azithromycin. Correct answer here is going to be choice A. Bactrim plus steroids. And when I'm saying Bactrim, it's just because I don't want to say the long generic name, which is trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. So <laughs> it's Bactrim. So this patient has PCP, pneumocystis pneumonia, which is now called pneumocystis gyrovici. And if you're south of the border, it's gyrovici. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is one of those opportunistic infections you have to know for HIV. These infections are far more frequent or more severe in patients with HIV due to immunosuppression, obviously. And there are hundreds of opportunistic infections that are outside the scope of boards. You really only have to know a couple. Obviously, this one is one of them, pneumocystis. Another would be toxoplasmosis. Another would be CMV, cytomegalovirus, CNS lymphoma, cryptococcus meningitis, and of course, histoplasmosis. The big thing here is to know that retroviral therapy is the most important strategy to prevent opportunistic infections. So that's how they're going to ask you on another question of how to basically prevent some of these things. And they're going to give you a lot of antibiotics and steroids and antifungals. Really, the answer, though, is just to make sure you start retroviral therapy for these patients. This patient in particular is at high risk for pneumocystis urovici, and that's because there's a 50% annual risk in those with a CD4 count less than 100. Now, this question doesn't give you a CD4 count, but it says untreated HIV. So they're automatically assuming that this patient has a very low CD4 number. So whenever the question says that on the boards or when a patient comes into the ED in real life, just know that if they're untreated, you have to assume the worst, unfortunately. Here's one cool pro board pearl though, and you can take this to clinical practice. If you don't have a CD4 count available, which so often happens with many patients coming to the ED, it's no problem. An absolute lymphocyte count of less than 1,000 suggests a CD4 less than 200. Remember that. It's a really cool pearl to use in real life as well. So here's a presentation of Gerovici. They're going to have a fever in the majority of patients, dry cough, progressively worsening dyspnea, and the diagnosis is going to be in the chest x-ray. The chest x-ray usually shows this quote-unquote bat wing appearance, and it shows bilateral diffuse interstitial infiltrates, usually parahylar as well. However, the chest x-ray is really only abnormal in about 75% or so. If you're ever in doubt, CT is the answer, but they're usually not going to ask you this, and the CT will show a ground glass pattern. It's nonspecific. They're going to stick with that classic chest x-ray. They're either going to show you a picture of it, or they're going to describe it to you and talk about the treatment. There's so many high-yield points here. They could ask you about actually the diagnosis. They could ask you the antibiotic prophylaxis. They could ask you also about the antibiotic choice to treat this. And the treatment here is going to be Bactrim. Here are some other options, though. 
Primaquin or clindamycin can be given if you have a sulfa allergy. You do have to know that. What they could go, though, is pentamidine. So pentamidine is another alternative for severe disease, and it causes some pretty bad side effects, most notably hypotension and hypoglycemia. Really classic, really easily described side effects of that drug. So you're going to give pentamidine when the patient is allergic to Bactrim and when you can't give primaquin or clindamycin. So a lot of options secondary-wise, they're not going to necessarily ask you all those. They're going to ask you the side effects of pentamidine, which is hypotension and hypoglycemia. So when do you add steroids? Because that's really the difference here between choosing choice A, which gave you steroids and was correct, or choice B, which was just Bactrim alone. Well, there's three criteria for using steroids. Number one's the hardest, calculating an AA gradient. <laughs> They're never going to have you do that on EM boards, uh, but you have to know the cutoff, which is greater than 35. So they're either going to give you the AA gradient or they're going to give you the patient's ABG, which should show a PAO2, partial pressure of oxygen. They're going to give you a room air ABG, PAO2, of less than 70 millimeters mercury. So listing those again, AA gradient greater than 35 or PAO2 on room air less than 70. Those are the ones you need to remember. An easier one, though, is when in doubt, if you have an O2 saturation on pulse oximetry, if you're on room air and the patient is less than 92%, the patient automatically gets steroids. So don't worry about the AA gradient in that case if you see a low oxygen sat less than 92%. The patient here had an O2 sat less than 92%. It was 85 and so that's an easy slam dunk, needs steroids, needs antibiotics, concern for pneumocystis gerovici. Now, the big thing here is that the other two answer choices, which was zosin plus vancomycin, that's going to be your broad spectrum, you know, heavy nuclear warhead, SIRS coverage, severe sepsis coverage. Now, that's not necessarily a bad answer here, but that's not going to cover pneumocystis. And that's what this question is getting at. It's an untreated HIV patient. They have concerning signs and symptoms of pneumocystis, and therefore, they're going to need Bactrim plus steroids. Choice D is also wrong, which gave you community-acquired antibiotics for pneumonia, ceftriaxone plus azithromycin. That would be appropriate if the patient was not this unique case of having HIV, right? If he was otherwise healthy and came in with these symptoms, then community-acquired coverage would be appropriate. Lastly, remember that antimicrobial prophylaxis in those with CD4 counts less than 200? Well, it's the same answer as the treatment. It's Bactrim. That's all I got. Thanks, Blake. Great job. Really hope everyone enjoyed these rapid fire bombs. As you can see, not much banter. We're just trying to make it easy, quick for you to get through a bunch of board questions, crush it. One of the unique things we're doing is providing coaching along with every single question. That's something that you don't get with typical question banks. We're going to try to tell you how that question is going to be presented to you in multiple different ways on the boards and for shelf exams and other things. To learn more, Go to our website, emboardbombs.com. When this episode is live, you will see the link to that new podcast and how you can sign up and all that good information. The big thing here is that this is going to be our soft launch, and we're doing that really for your benefit. And what we're going to do is this is an insanely cheap price we're going to be offering for these questions for y'all. Right. Uh, insanely cheap. And so the reason we're doing that is because we want to introduce you all to this neat concept. And we've been so appreciative of our listenership and our support over the past couple of years. And with just record high visits to our website and listenership, 
uh, we thought this would be a really great addition, especially with the ITE around the corner for residents in emergency medicine. But even if you're not taking your test anytime soon, this is such a great habit to get into to practice doing questions. And how many times have you been sitting by your computer, if you remember back when you were studying for the IT, Iltafat, or your written ABEM exam, how many times did you daydream? How many times did you just want to get up and do something else? It's crazy. Like it's so hard to sit down and motivate to just do questions. Right. And Rosh Review and Peer are fantastic. They're great. But they both are looking at a white screen on the computer and studying. And this is such a unique way to studying. No one else is doing it. Right. Yeah. You can do it actively. And the nice thing is with each question, we're trying to unpack multiple questions. So you can do it in a passive way, which is pretty awesome. Like Blake mentioned, this is going to be a soft launch. So definitely sign up for the podcast right now while the discount's live for the first month. And we're going to be releasing these every few weeks. So look forward to them. Right. And just to make it clear, in case anyone asks, we're not going anywhere. We're always going to be doing regular EM board bombs. <laughs> yeah. And that'll always be a thing that you can expect. You can expect the weekly releases of handouts. You can expect our airway module to be always up. Uh, but this is a nice addition we're doing to really enhance board prep and exam prep and just really change the face of how we do asynchronous exam learning. It's going to be awesome. We're really excited and we're really happy you all can join us for this wild ride. Super happy. Thanks for the support, everyone.